So today is the first Sunday of Advent, which is also the first Sunday of the new liturgical year, which I mentioned at the beginning of Mass this morning. The Advent season includes the four Sundays that precede Christmas. And Advent is really a time of preparation for the coming of the Lord. Today we also begin um, a new homily series called Eventually. Eventually is really a play on the word eventually. We call it eventually because during this Advent season, we really want to grow in our relationship with Jesus and others so that we might eventually have really the best Christmas ever. Maybe we call it that because kids wonder, you know, is Christmas ever going to come? Today's gospel is taken from the last chapter of the gospel of Luke before the passion narrative in which Jesus is teaching in the temple. We hear Jesus speak to his disciples about the need for vigilance and prayer as they wait for the coming of the Son of Man in glory. The Son of Man, of course, is a reference to Jesus himself. So this passage marks the conclusion of a lengthy dialogue in which Jesus predicts the um, destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, warns about the persecution and tribulations to follow, and identifies the signs that will signal the coming of the Son of Man in glory. So in this day, the, the people in Jesus' time may at this point have felt forgotten. I mean, they were being occupied by the Romans who were taking the, you know, taxing the Jews heavily and confiscating all that they owned. It would have been easy to be a Jew in that day and to feel lost, forgotten to believe that the Messiah would never come to set them free, just as the Old Testament had promised, to feel unloved, unknown, and unseen. Maybe it's the way that many of us feel in our day. I, I know that it becomes a problem. Maybe you feel that way today. You know, as we go through life, we learn various ways of communicating and getting the attention of others. As a baby, we cry when we need something. As a child, we learn to talk and to communicate in that way, and also in getting attention by maybe throwing temper tantrums. As we go through middle school and high school, we get involved in activities with people we, we want to get to know. So that may be the same classes, the same activities, the same sports. And as adults, we do very similar things but we're more adept at making friends with people who enjoy what we do, whether it's sports or exercise or crafting or whatever it may be that you're, you're interested in. And if we reflect on our need for communication and our desire for attention, it can point to a deeper desire that we have, a desire for connection with other people, a desire to be recognized by those around us, a desire to be valued, and ultimately, a more fundamental desire and longing for love. It's natural for us to want to receive love from others, to know that we belong and that others care for us. In fact, everything we experience can be linked to this desire in some way or another. It's natural to experience a desire to be loved by others because we're created in the image of God, who is love itself. This desire to have relationship with other people where we are seen and known and loved is built into our human nature. When sin entered the world, though, 
Our relationships with one another became complicated and hurtful because our relationship with God, who's the source of all love, was severed. Rather than knowing we are seen and known and loved, it may be more likely that many of us now feel unseen, unknown, and possibly unloved. At times we feel as if God does not hear us or see us. Maybe even he's forgotten about us. However, God knowing our desire for love and, and the brokenness caused by our sin had a plan to restore our relationship with him and in turn to restore our relationship with one another. He made sure we could experience his love for us in a way that we could understand. Jesus became one of us so we can experience perfect divine love in a human way. Everything Jesus did, the way he spoke, the people he went to, the work he did, the suffering he experienced, made God's love tangible for us. Jesus sees us, knows us, and loves us. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to believe and to understand. But Jesus gave his life to redeem all of humanity, even those of us, me and you, who were not living in that time when Jesus lived. Jesus does not see, know, and love us collectively, though, just as a group or a body of people. He knows us and loves us individually. He loves you personally and knows you by name. We know this because of numerous interactions in Scripture that, that show us how Jesus encountered each individual person during his active ministry here on earth. This is the way he encounters us now. Jesus sees us, loves us, and invites us to spend time with him. And just like those he encountered in Scripture, we don't have to do anything to earn this. I mean, we don't have to be perfect to be loved by Jesus. After all, we, we cannot earn Jesus' love. It's something that's freely given to us. And he meets us where we are. He sees our strengths and weaknesses, what makes us laugh and what hurts us. He knows all of our desires, dreams, hopes, and disappointments. And just like the rich man in the Gospels, he looks at each of you and loves you individually. We experience Jesus' love in, in many different ways. We can experience it in the sacraments and through prayer with God. We can experience it as we learn more about God and grow to know Him better. We can experience it in our relationships with one another. It's one of the reasons we gather here. And we can also experience it in the messiness of our lives when we make mistakes, receive forgiveness, and are given opportunities to grow. All of this happens in the context of an invitation that Jesus extends to each of us, to each of you. Jesus invites each of us to eternal happiness with God through a life of holiness. And this happiness happens what, we'll, what we will experience in eternity with God when sin no longer wounds our ability to love and be loved by God and one another. We're more able to live out our vocation, which is a Latin word that means to call or calling. Broadly speaking, a vocation is a call from God. 
More often than not, we use the word vocation to refer to traditionally recognized states in life, such as marriage or religious life or the priesthood and the diaconate. In secular circles, we use vocation to talk about particular jobs people have, such as being a mechanic or an educator, doctor, professional athlete. But all of these are tied together in varying ways to our universal vocation, a call to eternal happiness through a life of holiness. It's through that that we're supposed to view life. And this is why the life of love that Jesus invites us to live is called discipleship. Love, as we have discussed, is a basic desire of every human heart because it is the calling of every Christian. We are called to love, to love God and our neighbor. And Jesus calls us to be his disciples, which are those who follow him and live the way of the life that he taught us to live. So Jesus teaches us that living a life of love is not just about being seen, known, and loved, but also about seeing and knowing and loving others. Discipleship is an advanced course in what love really is. Being a disciple is living life in a supernatural way that is made possible to us through the grace of God. It's natural for us to desire love and to give love to those that we like. But being a disciple, Jesus takes it a step further. Discipleship purifies our desire to be loved and teaches us that loving is willing the good of another person and asks us to extend that love not just to the people we like, not just to our friends or, or our family, but even to those we don't like, even people that we might call our enemies. Jesus moves us from love as, a simple, as simply an affection to a selflessness that is expressed through our actions. Discipleship is a calling because it is an invitation to a way of life, one that I've just described for you. Becoming a disciple means accepting the invitation to belong to God's family, to live in conformity with his life, with his way of life. Discipleship or following Jesus is our universal calling because it is the first vocation of every Christian each and every one of us are called to be his disciple. And that's the reason why we call it universal. Our personal calling that God has on our lives is the unique form that discipleship takes in our individual lives. He calls us to holiness no matter what we do, no matter what our calling is in life. And living out this call to love through discipleship is a life of growth and identity and adventure. And the invitation, again, excludes no one. Each and every person in this building right now is called to it. So rather than us being collectively lonely, let us accept this invitation to be seen, and known, and loved so that we in turn may see and know and love those around us.